It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or just give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. And speaking about going all the way to St. Simon's, don't forget, you want to join us for our After the Holidays holiday party, which is taking place next Friday, uh, January 19th, in on St. Simon's Island at the Sea Palms Resort, uh, Sal and myself. Uh, we'll be showing you not one, not two, not three, but four. You heard it right. Four. One, two, three, four. Classic fights on the big screen. And while you're enjoying that, uh, we are going to have some food out for you. We're going to offer you a cash bar. And uh, you'll be able to rub some elbows with uh, some former world champions and special guests. You don't want to miss this one. If you missed the last one, you heard us talk about uh, the great time we had. Well, what do you think is going to happen this time? Uh, be part of our live audience because Sal and I, while you guys are all having fun, Sal and I are going to be working. We're going to be filming our uh, next uh, several episodes of Billy C's uh, Boxing Revisited. And we want you part of it. So uh, what are you waiting for? Make a weekend plan. Bring the family uh, St. Simon's is a, is a great place to go, and uh, the Sea Palms Resort uh, is a full, uh, uh, you know, you got everything. Yeah, what's a, what's, a, what's, what's a word I'm looking for? I'm lost for words today. You got everything. You don't have to leave the facility is my point. You can play some golf. You can hang out at the pool if it's warm enough. Beautiful restaurants, delicious. Oh, did I mention restaurants? We're going to be crashing Sal's restaurant too. You hear us talking all about that. We're going to march on in and take over that place. So, hey, come on down. And uh, join uh, a weekend of festivities uh, with Sal and I. And by the way, I just realized that Saturday night, Errol Spence Jr. is fighting. So uh, who knows uh, what will take place uh, uh, for that fight. You know, hopefully uh, we can all watch that together. And finally, today's uh, show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book literally right now. While you're watching or listening to this show, just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting the story of Tom Molino told. And quite honestly, it's hopefully going to be on the big screen too. So uh, get yourself a copy. of looking to get a signed copy. Either drop me an email 
Uh, if you're going to get uh, more than one, I'll give you some special price. You're going to just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. Um, today, uh, we are going to uh, talk about uh, several things. We may even open up the phone lines uh, later. Uh, if you have uh, uh, some time, you want to call in. Um, the only problem is i got to kick Sal to the curb. So I'll tell you what, uh, maybe we can open the phone lines to anyone uh, that... Uh, uh, wants to come in as long as you have a video shot. We want to see you. Uh, as long as you're, you know, decent, you know, uh, uh, maybe uh, I'll do that a little bit later uh, for uh, any uh, any Skype people. But uh, uh, we could do that or we'll just take calls. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But uh, today's uh, main topic, uh, Terrence Crawford. Uh, you can make an, an argument that Terrence Crawford is a pound-for-pound pound number one fighter today. Uh, I love Terrence Crawford. I, I love the fact that, um, you know, he's a boxer, but he engages, and he's exciting. He may feel out his opponent for a couple of rounds, uh, but then he uh, kicks it into gear. Uh, he's a great guy out of the ring, but when he's in the ring, he's got that mean streak. And, you know, in any other uh, facet, uh, facet of life, a mean streak eh, could be a negative thing. But in boxing, to me... It's a good thing when they're in the ring and they utilize that mean streak. And Terrence Crawford certainly does. Well, it's been uh, pretty much set, uh, not in stone, but uh, in, 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 in moist concrete, let's just say, that uh, Jeff Horn has agreed to the financial terms uh, to put his title on the line. Now, remember, Jeff Horn won his title, his WBO World Welterweight title, from Manny Pacquiao, uh, and he's agreed to put the title on the line and fight Terrence Crawford. Now, this would be Terrence Crawford's first fight at welterweight. He gave up his junior welterweight titles, all of them, uh, to compete in the welterweight division. And uh, his first fight, a world title fight against Jeff Horn. Joining me right now to get his thoughts, uh, my man. And I'm looking forward to be, I'm starting to fast now, Sal, uh, because you know you know I, I love uh, eating at Sal's, and uh, I'll be down there next week. But uh, good morning, and what's your thoughts of uh, Jeff Horn fighting Crawford. I know you're a little high on Jeff Horn. It, it, how's he going to look against Crawford? Good morning, Bill. You know, I'll tell you what, Jeff Crawford, uh, Jeff Horn versus Terrence Crawford. That could be an interesting matchup. And uh, I see the speed of Crawford definitely being something that uh, uh, Jeff Horn hasn't really had to face thus far in that capacity with a world-class fighter such as Terrence Crawford. And uh, it's going to be, it could be a good fight. It could be an entertaining fight. I think Jeff Horn, what he showed against Manny Pacquiao, you know, he was a, a aggressive, uh, hard-hitting, uh, uh, relentless. Well, when I say relentless, I mean, he, he, he brought the fight to Manny, too. And he had Manny on the ropes. And I think, you know, when I looked at that fight two times, three times, I thought Jeff Horn did outpunch Manny and, and did win that fight. I know it was controversial. Um, and I think Jeff Horn, if they did have that rematch, uh, I think he would do the same thing again, if not even more so convincingly. With Terrence Crawford, I think he's going to have uh, a little more difficulty. Terrence Crawford could move laterally. He could go to side to side, in and out. Uh, he He's a, a pretty sharp puncher. Uh, he, he's pretty right on with his jab and combinations. So I think 
what Manny was unable to do, I think Terrence Crawford will have a better opportunity in doing. I think Jeff Horn also is vulnerable to to getting hit with combinations from different angles like Terrence Crawford can deliver. Although I also see that Terrence Crawford moving up a weight class, Jeff Horn is not a small welterweight, and he's a good size welterweight. So size might come into play for a little while, but I think Terrence Crawford will figure him out in, in the long run. You know, I, I, for one, thought Manny Pacquiao won that fight um, I know you against Jeff Horn. But but I don't want to take anything away from Jeff no. Horn. I, I just thought that Manny Pacquiao, uh, I just thought that he landed more punches flush. Jeff Horn clearly was the aggressor in that fight from the opening bell right yes. on through the end. I mean, he did have that one one or two rounds where, where Pacquiao seemed to be uh, coming on, but then Pacquiao ran out. It looked to me like he ran out of gas, or at least ran out of the desire to to keep coming at Jeff Horn. But with that said, you know my thoughts are are, are simply like this. Number one, Jeff Horn was the bigger guy, right? I mean, I, I mean, oh, we yeah. have to I admit mean, that. Pacquiao's a small guy. I don't think this guy once fought flyweight, right? But I'm saying, I mean, Jeff Horn was clearly the the bigger guy in the Manny Pacquiao fight. Yeah. I think he's going to be the bigger guy in the Crawford fight. Now, you know, a lot of people are saying, and and actually um, one of our uh, uh, valuable uh, viewers and listeners sent me uh, uh, a photo of of Terrence Crawford as he started his training camp getting on a scale weighing 170. And, um, you know, for the most part uh, feels that, you know, he's way more, going to be way more comfortable at 147. And that... Uh, was also pointed out that on fight night he he generally was was a bigger fighter than obviously the 140. It, it, it we all won't know how big he is and how he utilizes that extra weight until he steps in the ring uh, and fights a legitimate uh, welterweight. Now in Jeff Horn, Sal, he's the one of those guys that that you know you could look at as as a junior middle or even middleweight. Yes, who could. happens to get down to 147 for the weigh-in, then balloon up, you know, then rehydrate up. So so I think that the size is going to come into play, and, and specifically the power. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get into a, a, a discussion on who's got more punching power, uh, Terrence Crawford or, or Manny Pacquiao. But Manny Pacquiao, whether he's got one-punch knockout power or whether, and the, what I more believe more is that, um, you know, he 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 went in his younger days. He was so fast, and his punches came at at such crazy angles that fighters never saw the punch coming, and that's what aided him in in you know obtaining the knockouts. As far as Terence Crawford goes, he has a tendency to break his opponent down, but but some of the the success in that Sal was his ability to hurt his opponent. Um, as he's breaking him down, then he moved in for the kill sometime after the fourth round. The question will be, will the size difference of Jeff Horn, assuming that Jeff Horn is going to be the bigger man, which I think he will, um, will that size difference prevent Terrence Crawford from doing what he normally did and break his opponent down? Will it be as effective? What's your thoughts? No, I I, I don't think, you know, when we saw Jeff Horn fight Manny Pacquiao, I didn't think Jeff Horn was a world beater. I thought that he fought that night the style he needed to fight 
and the the kind of fight that he needed to at least make that fight close with Manny Pacquiao. And Manny Pacquiao, in all due respect, like I said, he's a he's got the original core frame of a flyweight or or featherweight at best. And and you know he and I believe me, you know me, Bill. I always root for the smaller guy because I think there's the finesse factor and everything else and the, and the uh, fainting and everything else that you could do and, and scoring and everything else. But I think Terrence Crawford could be a bigger version than uh, Manny Pacquiao in his prime on that level. That's the, some of the things what I'm basing it on because Terrence Crawford's punches from different angles. He's quick. He's a boxer. He's a puncher. He's in and out. And I think he is uh, more likely to, to have the size that's going to uh, at least uh, complement his, uh, his power um, that uh, I think I think he'll give Jeff Horn trouble. Like I said, when Jeff Horn stepped in the ring, I didn't think he was a world beater, but I think he did what he had to do that night. Uh, he rose to the occasion, and he fought a, a darn good fight against Manny Pacquiao. So I think Terrence Crawford's going to win this fight. Yeah, I mean, listen, we I don't all underestimate. It's going to come to to be that big of a difference right now. What's that? Excuse Terrence me? Crawford is bigger than Manny Pacquiao. Oh yeah, he's bigger than than Pacquiao. But my my point is, a guy that's so uh, proficient at breaking an opponent down, who typically you can make the argument that was bigger than his opponents, now is the smaller guy. Does it change from a boxing uh, perspective? From from you as a fighter perspective, um, do you change your game plan? Do you go in? Do you do you wait to see if it works before you go to Plan B? I mean, you know, is his approach going to change? That's that's my question. Okay. I don't think his style of fighting or his approach is really going to change that much. I think with with his added weight, I think he's going to feel that he could punch a little harder too. And I also feel that he has his style, his unique brand of what he does so effectively and that's breaking down his opponents. And all he's got to do, you're going to see him in and out. You're going to see him attack the body. You're going to see him score. You're going to see him throw punches from different angles. So I think he's going to keep that uh, uh that tempo and I think he's going to keep that rhythm and that style where he's going to try to, to be the counter puncher where he's going to try to see what he could do to make uh, 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 Jeff Horn commit to a, a a punch and then step in and then counter him and I think Terrence Crawford is going to look to break Jeff Horn down over the course of the fight and ultimately I, I think uh, you know he will be getting the rounds, especially later in a fight, uh, all on Terrence Crawford's side. That's what I say. I, I, I think he's a better fighter. I think he's going to still st- fight his style. You know, I, Jeff Horn, when he fought Manny Pacquiao, uh, you know, he seemed, oh, here I am rambling on. Sal, you're not looking at the clock. We Hold that Oh, thought. my gosh. It's, it's 8.15. I know. I, I got to take a break. I, I'm going to get in trouble. I, I will take a break. I will be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And don't forget to join Sal and myself next Friday, January 19th, 
at the Sea Palms Resort uh, in beautiful uh, St. Simon's Island, on beautiful St. Simon's Island. Uh, Sal and I are going to be doing another Billy C event. It is our after the holiday holiday party. Yeah, that's that's it. I, I got it right this time. And uh, we're going to show you not one, not two, not three, but four classic fights on the big screen. And uh, during the fight, you're going to have uh, we're going to lay out some food for you. And uh, there'll be a cash bar. Uh, it's not costing you nothing to get in there. We just want you to hang out with us, man. And, oh, did I mention Ray Mercer is going to be there? And uh, we got some other guests uh, coming down as well. So uh, make sure you join us. Just go to seatbombs.com, give them a call, and tell them you want to uh, be part of the Billy C. Uh, event. And, Sal, before we went to break, um, we were talking about uh, Jeff Horn and, and uh, Terrence Crawford getting it on, as Mills Lane would say. Um, but w- what I was saying was, you know, Jeff Horn seemed not as uh, skillful uh, when he fought Manny Pacquiao. And not that Crawford's more skillful than Manny Pacquiao, but he's certainly younger. Um, There's a big opportunity for Jeff Horn because if he could somehow beat Terrence Crawford, this changes everything for this guy, don't you think? Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, you know, like I said, styles make fights. I always say that. And that night, Jeff Horn opposed uh, Manny Pacquiao with a style that uh, negated Manny's usual effectiveness on the inside and just uh, being relentless with his swarm of punches coming from different angles. He couldn't effectively get off that that on that that game plan, and Jeff Horn kept him on the ropes a little bit and and had his own answer with his punches that were effectively landing on Manny Pacquiao. That's the fight I saw, especially in the later rounds. Um, and I I think that uh, Terence Crawford, not to say that he he's better than Manny Pacquiao, but I think he's going to be more effective doing what Manny couldn't do uh, against Jeff Horn. And uh, like I said, Jeff Horn. Is a good fighter. He's a solid fighter. I don't think he's a world beater fighter. I, I, I think, I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's got to face different opponents with different styles and uh, and show us his best. So his makeup uh, is is unknown at this time. But what I did see him in the ring against Manny Pacquiao showed me a lot of what I think he's capable of doing. And he he's got heart. He's got determination. He's got conditioning. Uh, but I think Terence Crawford is a smarter fighter. I think Terrence Crawford is a more diversified uh, fighter or, or versatile fighter with, with punching, with moving. And uh, I think Terrence Crawford will be a bigger answer uh, than Manny Pacquiao to, to offset the style of uh, Jeff Horn. And that's that's just my, my gut beliefs right now. Yeah, but, I, I mean, my, my whole point here is that, you know, for all intent purposes, Manny Pacquiao did everything that he should have done and everything we're saying Terrence Crawford uh, should do and and lost the fight. Now, you know, the criticism that we could give to Manny was that he took his foot off the gas or just didn't have the gas in the tank. I don't know. Uh, And and ended up, yeah, right. You know, and, 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 uh, and let, you know, that fight get too close and considering it was in uh, Jeff Horn's uh, town, so to speak, um, ended up losing the decision. So, um, you know, I, the odds are, are, are still going to be, uh, uh, you know, in Horn's favor, depending upon where the fight is. They haven't said uh, where the fight is yet. Um, as far as I know, it, it, it very well may be uh, in the land down under again. 
you know, I mean, that's what it should be. Uh, Crawford is, I mean, make Crawford do something. He's getting a fast track to the uh, to oh, the yeah. title to begin with. Uh, Which so I, I don't necessarily agree with, but uh, but it is what it is. Well, you see, that's what they do. That. What they do today, uh, these sanctioning bodies, is they'll they'll take a champion that they have, and Crawford, you know, he had all the belts, but uh, the belt that he could ab- achieve the quickest and and in his mind probably the easiest was the WBO version of the welterweight title. So he cuts a deal with the WBO and says, okay, I'm going to relinquish my, my belt for you guys and all the other ones, uh, but in return, I, I want to get an immediate shot, and, and that's what they did. You know, they gave him an immediate shot. I agree with you. I think it's not fair to all the other fighters that are working in the division. Uh, you know, I mean, I would have had no problem with Terrence Crawford fighting one fight and then, uh, uh, you know, getting a world title fight. But it is what it is. It's not like Horn is fighting a slug. No. Uh, and Terrence Crawford, skill set-wise, should should come out on top. Uh, you know, it's it's all going to boil down to the size. Uh, is Terrence Crawford going to put on, you know, become a welterweight easily? And is everything going with him? Is he going to gain a little more pop behind his punches with the weight? And uh, Jeff Horn, you know, I, I think that what we're going to look at with Jeff Horn is, has he improved since Manny Pacquiao? You know, because if he's the same Jeff Horn, if what we saw against Manny Pacquiao, because I'm not going to count the last fight he had, but if we what we saw against Manny Pacquiao is all we're ever going to see from Jeff Horn, then his days are numbered as a world champion, in my opinion. Well, and that's basically what I'm trying to say. I think Terrence Crawford, will be effective where Manny could not. I think Terrence Crawford, I don't want to say he's going to be an exact, uh, he's not, but I think he's going to be a bigger version. I think he's going to be a younger version. I think he's going to be a, a, a more durable version than Manny Pacquiao, being more effective where Manny was not in, in the size and in the agility, in the defensive skills, and in, in the ability to take a punch and deliver a punch. I think that will offset Jeff Horn because I think Jeff Horn, like I said, he rose to the occasion. He fought the fight of his life that night, and uh, even though it was controversial, I did think that he did land effective punches on the inside and when Manny was against the ropes to convince some of the judges that, hey, guess what? This is going to go in Jeff Horn's favor. So barely getting by Manny Pacquiao, an aging, smaller, less effective Manny Pacquiao, I see a much more uh, well-conditioned, durable, uh, larger version of a Manny Pacquiao. And again, I don't want to say they're the same styles of uh, Manny and and Terrence Crawford, uh, but unique concept where where they throw punches, where they throw the punches in bunches. They break down their fighter. They they do. I think Terrence Crawford is going to be more effective, and I think Terrence Crawford is going to win this fight. You know, the one thing I will say, and I mentioned it earlier, um, Terrence Crawford, when he's in the ring, uh, displays a mean streak. Yes, he does. And and I love that. Um, Manny yes. Pacquiao, in his prime, had a mean streak. Yes, he did. But, and, and you know, I really can contribute it and associate it with, when he became involved in politics, I, I saw a different Manny Pacquiao. And, and what I saw, you know, people start saying, ah, yeah, that's because he, you know, he's clean now. He was on steroids or whatever they, the accusations were. But I, I think that Manny Pacquiao has become more of a humanitarian because he deals with humanitarian issues in, in his political world. And since then, he doesn't have that killer instinct. Terrence Crawford does. 
And, you know, if you're going to fight a bigger guy, which I, I still believe uh, Horn will be the bigger guy on, on fight night, you got to have that instinct and you got to have that attitude. And it's going to be an interesting fight. I like the fight, Sal. Overall, I, I like the fight. You know, I, like I, I, I mean, uh, you know, Horn, Horn came out of nowhere, really. I mean, I, I know he was undefeated and all that stuff. He came out of nowhere and beats Manny Pacquiao, regardless of whether we thought it was controversial or not. He beat Manny Pacquiao. And uh, now this guy's got so much opportunity because oh. if he beats Crawford, uh, we're gonna Jeff Horn's gonna be Jeff, sort of like what happened with Billy Joe Saunders. We all thought yes, Billy Joe Saunders yes. wasn't wasn't anything special, and he and he, he goes in there and beats David Lemieux, which was a one dimensional fighter anyway. And next thing you know, Billy Joe Saunders is on a pedestal. Absolutely, as well as his trainer. And uh, I think that uh, you know it's the credibility factor. And 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 Billy Joe Saunders showed the world that he was serious, and that he he rose to the occasion, and did something special, and so could. Um, uh, that could be the case. I think you're going to have Jeff Horn did that against Manny Pacquiao. Can he do it again? I I, I don't I don't think he will. I think we saw the best Jeff Horn that night. Uh, and like I said, I could be completely wrong, but I I've had a sense of feeling that this is the the best Jeff Horn we're going to see. And I think that Terrence Crawford is is going to be training and going to be looking to do what he can do to counter the style he 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 saw or he's watching the tapes what he with uh, Jeff Horn did against Manny Pacquiao and I think I think Terrence Crawford is going to have his number I think Terrence Crawford is going to break him down uh, and I think Terrence Crawford is going to stop Jeff Horn before the end of the fight that's my prediction no Just my I, gut feeling listen uh, Manny Pacquiao had had a chance to stop him and couldn't. And um, you know it, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. Listen, we're gonna yeah, take another, we're gonna take another break. I got some other questions uh, that I'm gonna throw at Sal about this fight, and then we're gonna give you some updates on other stuff. I got some emails to read. All of that stuff is coming up in about two. Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. And uh, I'm here with my man, uh, Sal Rocky uh, Senecola. And Sal, you know, the fight uh, between Jeff Horn and uh, Terrence Crawford, um, you know, whether we... Uh, agree with the fast track to the title or not and you know uh, putting uh, everything aside uh, about you know who we think will win and why etc etc consider the fights that could uh, you know mushroom uh, out of this matchup Jeff Horn is the WBO world welterweight champion currently if Terrence Crawford fights him and beats him there will be the possibility of some great fights first and foremost oh, yeah. 
a fight with Manny Pacquiao, which makes a lot of sense um, for Bob Arum. Uh, Bob Arum yes. still promotes both. Manny Pacquiao wants big money fights. Uh, he's, he's, you know, a politician in the Philippines. Uh, obviously, it's it's about money for him. He, he certainly doesn't need uh, any more uh, accolades uh, for his legacy. Uh, but uh, I'm sure a, a fight in the Philippines uh, against Terrence Crawford uh, for the title he lost to Je- Jeff Horn would, would be a, a sellable fight. Um, Terrence Crawford uh, also has uh, Keith Thurman <laughs> that he oh, could fight. Great. Uh, Terrence Crawford also has Errol Spence Jr., he could fight all in the welterweight division. And, and uh, you know, not that, uh, you know, either one of these guys are on the level of Spencer or Thurman or even Manny Pacquiao, but Danny Garcia and Bam Bam Rios are fighting. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, they're fighting each other in, in February, and uh, the winner of that fight is a possible opponent for, uh, uh, for Crawford maybe before he has a showdown with, with Spence or Thurman. Uh, so, so I, I mean, the welterweight division – is chock full of some big, big fights. If I hear the word, if I hear the word marination, I'm going to puke because uh, there's no need for it. They're they're ready to no. roll right now, Sal. And it's like what I say. You know, you have a big fight, you make it because there'll be another big fight that you can make right after that. There's no reason to make the boxing fans wait and use the BS about marination of a fight. No, and, and you know what? When you were describing this and where you were going, as I uh, was was listening. Those were the same thoughts and sentiments that I was uh, thinking to myself was, you know, this fight is going to breed or spawn off additional fights. And that's what you were saying. We we don't have to wait for marination. Every top fight like this helps plant the seeds for new fights to occur in that same division. And uh, so this one, as you declared, will off uh, will do the very same thing. And uh, we should be uh, looking at the welterweights, the middleweights, and uh, the light heavy- and the heavyweights this year with all eyes. And, and you know, I think we're going to see some big things. I love Errol Spence. I think he's one of the best out there. And uh, I think he's feared, feared by a few uh, welterweights that uh, don't want to get in the ring with him. Not, not that I'm saying that uh, who they are. But uh, I think he's a dangerous fighter. I think uh, he's going to make his mark this year in the welterweight division. Well, listen, the thing about Errol Spence is that uh, he he shows all the all the promise. Uh, he sh- he clearly has the skill set, but let's be honest. I mean, uh, he busted onto the scene. He's had uh, of of all his fights, he's had you know one or two uh, against major right. opposition, and you know even his first title defense. Uh, I believe it's a tough fight uh, against uh, 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 against uh, you dummy um, <laughs> Peterson. Uh, Lamont, you dumb at Peterson, but but uh, the truth. Every time I hear say Lamont, I, know. I think you of Fred Sanford. Yeah, Fred Sanford. Fred Sanford. Who's the name of that show? Fred Sanford. Fred Sanford. Sanford and, and son. son. Oh but, man, I but, love uh, that man. He was. Oh, he was. I love that show. Dun, 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 dun. No, but anyway, um, you know the 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 thing is is that, um, you know, although that that's a tough fight. I mean, for some reason, people really underestimate uh, Lamont. You dumb it, Peterson. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but but, uh, but he's a good fighter. But uh, with no disrespect to uh, Peterson, you know, Manny Pacquiao, Keith Thurman, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Garcia, Rios, winner. If you want to throw them in, they're they're all bigger challenges for for Spence. But first things first, he's got to get first past Peterson. Absolutely. 
Um, yes, he does. Yesterday we were talking about Amir Khan uh, signing a deal with uh, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. Uh, it was made official yesterday. We were one of the first uh, people to talk about it before it hit the uh, uh, websites, etc. Um, well, today I have an update on that. Uh, Amir Khan uh, signed a three-fight deal, apparently, uh, some particulars of the fight. And his first fight back is April 21st. It's going to be interesting to see. They haven't announced an opponent yet, but it's going to be interesting to see who he fights. I mean, when you sign a three-fight deal, uh, and, and if, if I look at the promoter perspective, um, you know, I, it's got to be a major fight. I mean, obviously, Amir Khan's not signing with anybody for peanuts, you know, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see who he fights. you think he's going to fight a, a big, big name, or do you, do you think Amir Khan at least deserves somewhat of a tune-up fight? I think he's going to probably get somewhat of a, a a good a good level of opposition. Uh, I think it'll be a, a a decent name, a good name, but I think it's going to be his uh, first fight back uh, to uh, to just uh, work out what he's got to get uh, get going for him, uh, momentum wise and and uh, and the confident confidence wise. And I think uh, his opposition will increase, and the bigger names will happen by the second and third fight. But I think this first fight we might see a little. We will know the name. It'll be a known fighter, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll think that uh, uh, that Amir Khan will probably get past this guy fairly easily. Well, I would think so. I mean, they're picking a yeah. guy uh, that he should uh, uh, get by easily. I mean, that's the whole idea. I think, um, especially uh, the three fight contract. <laughs> you don't want to get knocked off <laughs> right in the right in the back, and then you have to spend the next two fights uh, putting him on the right track again. Forget about it. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention in the uh, welterweight division now, uh, two-division world champion. He, he started out similar to uh, uh, to uh, Terrence Crawford, 140-pounder, and then uh, he moved up to welterweight, suffered his first loss. Um, uh, Danny Garcia uh, will be taking on a former uh, world champion, uh, Bam Bam Rios, Brandon Rios, who uh, was really successful at lightweight, um, has recently said that he never was, hadn't ever been serious in training until now, which you know, I don't buy that. I don't like um, that. No. But, uh, but I, I, you know, he's always, I've always loved Bam Bam Rios yes. um, for at least what he's done inside the ring. It's going to be an interesting fight. Uh, if you recall, Sal, uh, Danny Garcia's father wanted him to retire uh, after his fight, says he doesn't need to fight. He's got millions of dollars in the bank. And uh, Garcia took some time off, and he's coming back against uh, a smaller guy, but a tough guy. Uh, this fight's taking place February 17th. will be broadcast on Showtime. And I think the winner of that fight is another potential opponent for one of these guys, for either Spence or, or Crawford. or you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of names in this division, Sal, that could go back and forth and uh, create uh, what you like to always refer to as round-robin series. Uh, for the welterweight division, I, I, I'm loving it because, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, in addition to that, we we have a, a similar situation with some big names and quality fighters in both the middleweight and heavyweight divisions. <laughs> we do. It's going to be know. a trilogy. You're going to see the welterweights, the middleweights, and the heavyweights. Where, you know, the only thing missing are lightweights. But uh, we'll, we'll see some good things from them too. But those are going to be the three divisions that we're going to be centered on, and we're going to be talking about a lot because there's a lot of that. Round robin, that 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 trifecta, that kind of, uh, well, he fought this guy. Let's see what he can do about it against that guy. It's going to be this one. It's so I think it's going to be very exciting to see what happens this year in those divisions. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And one last thing before I start reading some emails. Um, also on the undercard, the co-main co event uh, on the uh, Garcia-Rios fight uh, is the uh, WBC super middleweight champ, David Benavides. Uh, and uh, he's taking on Ronald uh, uh, Graville. Uh, in a uh, me, me uh, in a rematch uh, of their uh, title fight that they had uh, back in uh, uh, September, uh, so uh, uh, that'll be a good one. Benavidez is a young uh, uh, super middleweight who seems to be getting better and better, and uh, showed a lot of heart in that uh, Graville fight. So uh, we'll see what uh, uh, see what happens in the rematch. You, you would expect uh, fighters to uh, um, the good fighters when they get a chance for a rematch, kind of learn something from the first fight. But then again, both fighters should have learned something. So, I mean, theoretically, we should be uh, expecting a similar fight, don't you think? Rematches are beautiful on, on that level because each fighter gets a glimpse of, of, of what they felt they could have done better. They feel that they've uh, been able to deal with and uh, – I love rematches for that purpose because uh, you know it gives an opportunity to to see even a better fight or or a different outcome, and then you can definitely make a case for a trilogy, you know, for the, the rubber match, which which is so popular back in the seventies and eighties. And uh, but uh, I'm a big fan of rematches, especially uh, if they're controversial or at least at least close. It was more popular prior to the seventies, man. In the no, 40s it was. And 50s. They would fight five, six times. Look at look at Sugar Ray Robinson and Jake Lamotta. Would they fight six times? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. You know, th this goes back to what we've talked about many times on the show. What made boxing so popular back in the day was the rivalries. Whether yes, they were rivalries was. with a fighter against a fighter like you mentioned uh, the, the the greatest ever, the best ever, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson uh, against Jake LaMotta, two Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, there was clearly a rivalry there. But the other smaller rivalries that maybe didn't make, you know, uh, the headlines uh, by a historical aspect like today, you know, we, everybody still talks about those six fights. But there were many other, uh, you know, trilogies and, and more. Uh, fights between fighters because the rivalry was created maybe uh, neighborhood versus neighborhood or city versus city or state versus state or you know uh, you know uh, eth ethnic you know uh, Italian versus Irish fighter you know or, or whatever but um, you know those rivalries which which were so prominent and successful in in making boxing uh, as popular as it once was today's world since we're a bunch of pussies and everybody's uh you know afraid to offend somebody uh, there's no way that an uh, that a promoter would say hey come on out to the fights tonight you know we got the irish against the italians or you know the 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 the, the germans against the irish or you know wow. uh whatever you know because oh that might offend somebody you know and uh <laughs> you know it's sad because it's sad. i don't think you know anybody ever intended excuse me, intended on offending anybody, but it no. was a, it was a good, you know, natured rivalry. You know, today, you know, you look at uh, college football and you see a rivalry, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, Clemson and, and Alabama have created a rivalry. Georgia losing uh, in one of the greatest football games I've ever watched uh, to my boys, uh, the Crimson Tide, uh, on the championship game Monday night. 
you know, don't think for a minute that that rivalry hasn't just uh, been kicked up a couple of notches, you know. So the, these are rivalries in football that people accept with open arms, you know. Uh, why not in boxing? You know, we don't have teams in boxing. We don't have yeah. names. We don't have a, a state against a university, you know, in the same state. You know, you have, uh, uh, you know, two colleges in the same state, you know, South Carolina against Clemson. You know, uh, two two uh, colleges, uh, major colleges in the same state. You know, there's a rivalry there in boxing. We we don't have it, but we do have uh, you know Italian fighters and 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 Irish fighters and you know so on and so forth. We have fighters that that come from uh, you know New York uh, against Chicago or, or or something like that. And and uh, you know nobody capitalizes on it because they're afraid that they might get criticism. And to me, Sal, that's sad. Well, it's sad because I mean, you could you could build a case for a good rivalry, uh, depending on uh, location, uh, uh, ethnic background. You could you could create rivalries, but like you said, they're they're hesitant to do so because of the arena of uh, political correctness in the era we are in. And uh, you know, it, it, I mean, even my old high school, I love it. we Pascack Valley Regional High. We were Pascack Valley Indians. And uh, Thanksgiving Day, we, we faced the Pascack Hills, which were the Pascack Hills Cowboys. And, you know, I, I think there was a, a move a couple of years ago to try to change the, the, the name of Pascack Valley Indians. <laughs> it's just it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, they want to change, they want to change the name for the, for the Washington Redskins. You know, know. it's it's I been mean, their what? name. It's been their name for break. Yeah, it's been their name for, since they since they started the team. You know, and and they want to change it because that's offensive. Offensive. You know. Uh, you know, just like we're always saying. You know, kids today uh, they don't compete. Everybody gets a, a participation trophy, and and it's affecting these kids when they become adults. And you know what? We could talk about that for hours. Let's let's read we an could. email. We could. It, yeah. Go ahead. Comment. No, I, I was gonna say, you know, I, I love. We have so many opportunities. I have so many opportunities. You know, uh, being a, a professional fighter. Whenever we get a, a a family in or somebody in that uh, that has a son who is a standout in baseball or or just won a, a collegiate golfing scholarship or something like that. I love to spend time and talking with this family, with these families and these individual athletes. And, you know, and I, and I, and I, I give the whole dissertation and they, they love what they, they look at you with, with these spongy eyes, like just, just absorbing it. And I say, you know, the big thing that's going to separate, uh, mediocrity or average for world class is right here. You're going to unlock your potential right there and believe in yourself and believe to strive for it and all, always do the right thing and be proactive and wanting to learn and do the best you can and stretch yourself out and see yourself doing it first. You know, it's just great. And you got a lot of young athletes that are, are being positioned for great things today in the world of sports. And those are the ones that, that did fight and didn't just get a participation pro trophy when they were kids, but they learned how the comp competition got tougher and what they wanted was that gold medal, that golden ring, that golden glove, whatever it might have been that represented uh, being an elite, elitist or a stature that, that, that one is given uh, and, and not made for everybody. So they, they do weed them out eventually. It's just uh, uh, the breeding ground where it first starts is, is a little bit uh, convoluted. 
I wasn't gonna bring this up, but I'm gonna. Uh, you I know, can't I, wait. I, I, I can't really, wait. I really wasn't gonna bring it you up. You know what? I love when you start I, like that. Cause, oh man, what did I do now? I, I, oh, listen, listen. Bird. No, no, you didn't say it, nothing. You said this has been on my mind all day. It was, it was, it was a headline, and I said I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. And well, you're gonna I, do it. I, and, and, and then I just decide I'm gonna do it. Did you catch the latest with that piece of garbage, Floyd Mayweather? But no, I did not. What's going on now? Now, on, now I me. say piece of garbage, and I'm and I'm not referring to anything to do with his boxing career. But one of the reasons why I okay. don't like the guy is I think he's he's a scumbag. He's just he's he's not a good example of a human being that we want roaming this planet. That that that's all yeah, I'm saying. You know, we because want a role model we well, yeah, we want role model people. We we want we want good people, especially in boxing. But but yeah. forget boxing for a minute. You know, because he's a celebrity. And, and there's no doubt about that. Floyd is a celebrity. Um, they asked him about the Me Too movement. Now, you've heard about the Me Too movement, right? No, I live in, I, I put my head in the sand, Bill. I'm telling you. I, I don't know. What, what's this Me Too movement? Oh, God. Uh, you sound like Floyd. Me, Me Too <laughs> movement is, uh, is, is the woman's movement um, uh, where, you know, they're trying to make awareness for, for – uh, you know, the mistreatment of women and, and so on and so forth, okay? okay? And it's much more serious than that, but I, let's not get into it. I'm not promoting anything or anything. But anyway, so they bring, they bring, uh, they bring uh, Floyd Mayweather in. Now, now, keep in mind, Floyd Mayweather uh, went to jail, you know, and like I know he calls it prison, but it was a community jail, all right, uh, for beating up uh, his, uh, his, his uh, kid's mother uh, in, in front of them. Uh, you know, he's had wow. uh, several run-ins where he slapped around women and, and you know, mistreats them. Uh, you know, he's, uh, uh, you know, beat up the pimply-faced security guard uh, where he lives and, and all that stuff. I mean, the guy just thinks he's above everything. Um, but specifically with women, uh, he clearly is, is disrespectful to women. Now, why they even asked him about it, I don't know. I think they were trying to get him to say something positive. And they were talking to him because we all know that Floyd can't read. So it's not like they could slip him a note and say, hey, say this, because the guy can't read. Um, so they asked him, hey, wh what's your thoughts of the Me Too environment, uh, movement? And he says, what? What, what, what? What's the Me Too? Uh, when people say, I say Me Too uh, when people say, I got an airplane. He goes, Me Too. He goes, uh, when they say they make a lot of money, he goes, me too, I made a billion dollars. You know, uh, you know when people say, yeah, you, you know, you, you live in a great house, me too. You know, and they're going, no, that's not what we mean. You know, and, and, and I mean, he looked so ignorant uh, with this. You know, I, you would think that somebody would have given him a heads up before he did this interview. And he looked so stupid. And, and you know, I, I, I can't help but think, you know, for anybody that puts this guy on a pedestal, and, and I want to put an asterisk next to it because if you're putting him on a pedestal specifically for boxing, that's your opinion and you're entitled to it. And I'm okay with that. I am because, you know, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of his. I'm not a big fan of his ride to, you know, where he is now. I'm not a fan of, of his uh, smokescreen and, and BS about how great he is and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if you are, when it comes to boxing, I'm okay with that. I mean, boxing is subjective, and, and I'm okay with it. But if you're a fan of the man, Floyd Mayweather the man, who I don't even think is a man. I think he's a, he's a punk. If you're a fan of him, 
and the way he treats other people. Because it's not just women he mistreats. He mistreats anyone. He thinks who the hell he is. Okay. Now, granted, he's got a lot of money, but that doesn't give somebody a right to treat no. somebody with disrespect, at least in my opinion. I think everybody deserves to be treated with respect, whether they're a, a, a homeless person or whether they're a multi-billionaire. I think that everybody needs to be treated with respect. And Floyd Mayweather just has this, this attitude that he's above all of that. And I don't think there's room for that, Sal. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, if you think you're an elitist, especially, you know, uh, you carry yourself uh, above and beyond the average and uh, you think that uh, rules, laws, uh, uh, and uh, and whatever it may be that, that we all have to abide by uh, to keep us contained or to keep us uh, uh, socially involved with, with other people and you think you're above that, you could do whatever you want, whenever you want and however you want to do it. No, that's not right at all. And I think that, uh, you know, once you start displaying that kind of action, you know, you should be brought down a few notches. And uh, I, I, I don't agree with it. No, not at all. No, not and all. if that's how he behaves, you know, it's it's going to come back to bite him. Maybe not now, maybe not later, but uh, eventually. And uh, it's a shame because, you know, he, he has a chance. I mean, he he's he's popular he's got a following he's he's world known i mean and the guy could really be a good mouthpiece for so many great things that uh, that he could be a become a real uh great humanitarian on so many levels so many issues uh if somebody gave him a little bit of guidance a little bit of input that hey these are issues that you might have some interest in why don't you see if you want to promote or bite down on that bullet so you know it's 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 uh you know, remember the old movie, The Bronx Tale, that movie. Uh, at the end, they say, wasted talent. You know, he could do a lot with his notoriety right now. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I, like I say uh, about Floyd, if, if, if I was Floyd and what I would like to see Floyd do, even if he doesn't, you know, he doesn't care what I think, but... Um, he I'd might like be to listening. See, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him really build Mayweather promotions. I, I think that Floyd Mayweather... You know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, first time, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, no question about it. And there's going to be a whole generation that's going to remember him. They're not going to remember any of his fights because they're the most boring fights ever, but they'll remember him. And, um, you know, but, but, but he's in a position where he could parlay some of the money that he's made instead of wasting it on airplanes and cars and stuff that, you know, he's never going to get anything back from. Uh, it's just going to keep spending. And by the way, I hope he paid his tax bill. Otherwise, we're going to have to see him in the ring again next year. But, uh, um, you know, if, if the guy focused on his promotional uh, company, Mayweather Promotions, he could be a major player in boxing. And, uh, you know, not, not that he isn't now, but I'm saying, you know, get some real talent. Uh, let go of his ego and build up Mayweather Promotions. And, geez, I, that could be so helpful. And that could be a way where he could continue to make money but still give something back to the sport. And uh, the sport would benefit, Floyd Mayweather would benefit, and all the fighters that sign under him would benefit if he decides to let his ego go. Right now, anybody that signs under Mayweather Promotions is basically signing uh, their, their, their warrant of losing their career. And all you got to do is look at Adrian Broner uh, look at some of these other fighters that he's got signed 
uh, and you'll see that, they, you know, the, the, with the exception of, of Bo Jack, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, Bo, 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 uh, Bo Jack, uh, and, and instead of, uh, uh, him, right. Uh, am, no. I, am I thinking of, uh, who? No, Bo Jack was a famous fighter back in the days, uh, earlier, uh, something. Well, I forgot the name, but yeah, Bo, ja Bo Jack was a lightweight, okay. uh, fought several fights with Kid Chocolate. But, yes, that's um, right. That's the Bojack I'm thinking about. My old trainer, Ali Stoltz, fought Bojack. Right. Well, the um, the guy that moved up to light heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, Badojack. I'm sorry. Badojack. That's it. Bado. <laughs> uh, I, I asked you if Bado was. Uh, I knew it was Jack. All right. Uh, you know. But but, but the two syllables out of the name, except instead of one. But he he's in my opinion, Badojack is the best uh, talent that that Mayweather Promotions has under contract right now. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, if he had guys like that and started, you know, building up a stable of fighters like, like that and let them fight and, uh, you know, uh, kept their noses clean, uh, kept them out of trouble, which he doesn't do, uh, Mayweather Promotions could be the top promotional company uh, in, in the sport, really, if, if he put his mind to it. But, uh, anyway, hold that thought. I got a couple of emails to read. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. By morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And... We're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Don't forget to join Sal and myself January 19th. It's next Friday uh, down at the Sea Palms Resort on St. Simons Island. Uh, we're going to be doing another uh, Billy C event. This one is our after the holidays holiday party. Uh, we're going to be showing you not one, not two, not three, but four classic fights on the big screen. And we're going to lay out some food for you, give you a cash bar opportunity. Uh, going to have some world champions there. I know Ray Mercer is going to be there. And uh, some special guests. You guys are going to have a great time. Come on down and enjoy yourselves. That's what I say. Right, Sal? Oh, absolutely. We're going to have a great time. And you know what I'm going to do for you, Bill? I think I'm going to make my breakfast pizza for you that I talked to you about. That's what you remember keep that? You keep Yeah, I remember that. That's what you keep telling me. But uh, but I, I don't know, man. I'm thinking. I'm going to make you a pizza napolitana. I'm gonna make you my breakfast pizza. I'm gonna make you. Uh, we're gonna make. We're gonna make. We're gonna make a, a good thing. How about a nice veal or some buco? Hey, you oh. got. You know, I was just gonna ask you. You know, I don't think I've ever tried your veal. But what are you gonna oh, do? Get a backhoe? You know what I do? And when, when we 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 serve the best veal, I get it from the best purveyor. My my kitchen takes a great care in, in how we handle and, and prepare our veal. And uh, I go up to a table. And I usually say, "Hey, how do you veal?" And they say, hey, I feel very good. 
Yeah, you you should stick to just doing the show with me, and I think the comedy routine is is not good for you. <laughs> it's not um, good. But but you know, I, it's funny. I don't think I've ever tried the veal. I'm really funny and picky with veal. It's got to be uh, really good. But I tell you, you better you better hire a backhoe. Because a backhoe is gonna have to lift my fat ass out of your restaurant after you, after all the all the food. How, how much? How long am I gonna be there? I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, come on. I think you should move down during the winter months. Come Jeez, on I, down I, here, you know. I think Bring you're the right. Family and enjoy, you know. I, I think you're right. Um, let's read we some got emails. Snowbirds down here. I, I know. I too want to be a snowbird. Um, I, let's read some emails. I got one from uh, my man Joel. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., I was curious what your thoughts were on this Friday's Showbox featuring Clarissa Shields against Tori Nelson. And can you tell us about any of the guys fighting on the undercard? Are you going to go to this card since it's at the Turning Stone and you go to most of those fights? All the best to you and Sal. Um, I I know I'm going to piss some people off uh, when I'm about to uh, I know what you're uh, about to say. say. my man, uh, uh, give a shout-out to my man Jason Gonzalez, uh, Adonis Stevenson uh, against Bedo Jack. He's reminding me. Uh, that's right, I did uh, uh, hear about that. But uh, uh, and, and Willie's in the other chat room telling me uh, that we should try uh, venison, Sal. But, yes. You know, I, I, I'm funny. Venison, if it's not cooked. Listen, they drop off venison all the time. Yeah, but if venison isn't butchered correctly and then cooked correctly, correctly it tastes gamey. I've I'll only had, I've only known okay. one guy that can cook it. Uh, they're very, uh, very good. Anyway, anyway, um, uh, as far as this weekend's fights, uh, tomorrow night's fights up at, up at the Turning Stone, um, no, I'm not going to be going there. Uh, and the reason is simple. I'm off all next week because I'm traveling to, oh, by the way, programming note, we're not doing a show all next week. As a matter of fact, we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, what is that, the 24th? Uh, so we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, so programming note uh, for everybody. So, you know, don't start sending me emails and I'm ruining your week and you can't survive and all these things that I get <laughs> from you guys, which I really appreciate that you guys uh, enjoy the show so much. But um, I won't be going to the event, which I normally do do. Do do. I, I do, 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 do 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 go do, to those do. events. Um, but um, I, I, I've... Clarissa Shields is such a nice human being well she was a nice human being when I met her and all the fighters loved her she she literally carries her gold medals with her Um, and it was amazing to see uh, I was at the the Women's Hall of Fame uh, event a couple of years ago and it was really uh, uh, it was heartwarming to see all the the former world champion female fighters flocking around Clarissa Shields to see that gold medal, an opportunity that they didn't have that Clarissa Shields uh, uh, took advantage of and was extremely successful. But with that said, some of her uh, uh, comments, uh, racially motivated comments, um, I I don't support. And I I also have been turned off by women's boxing. And, And for people that know me and have known me for a long time, not only had I been an advocate for, for women's boxing, I, I managed and uh, promoted a, um, a multi-division world champion in Chevelle Hallback. And, uh, you know, she's like a, a, a daughter to me, you know. Um, and, and she's honestly one of the best fighters I, I've had to work with. 
Thanks, but uh, but but the truth of the matter is 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 you know uh, the, the women's boxing just isn't what it could have been. It's just I'm not interested in it. I don't like the two minutes. Uh, most women don't like the two minutes. Most uh, women fighters don't like the two minutes. And Clarissa Shields, in my opinion, is acting similar to Deontay Wilder um, in terms of pounding her chest, saying she's the best out there. Now, the difference is is that Deontay Wilder has other dance partners that he could dance with. Clarissa doesn't. In, the, in female boxing, that weight class is very few pickings. And uh, the one fighter that, you know, I'd like to see her fight at some point, um, Christina Hammer, who, who just uh, backed out of the fight. Uh, she was supposed to be on the undercard. So, um, I, I don't know. I, she, you know, I've watched uh, Clarissa fight. Uh, she's uh, very technically sound. Um, but uh, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I, it doesn't really interest me. What, what, what about you, Sal? Well, you know my answer. I, I, I'm sorry, and I don't mean anything in disrespect to any women out there, but uh, I just never, never got a hold of, of uh, female boxing. I just never accepted it, never liked it. I don't like female wrestling, for that matter. You know, it just, it's just that I'm not being a sexist. I'm not being this and that. I just, I don't like the sport. You know, I just, uh, I'm an old school kind of guy, and I, I like sports the way they were intended, and, you know, um, uh, not taken away from a, a woman's skill level or set, but uh, I, uh, I think there's so many other sports that they could excel in that are are very much uh, in line with being popular for both sexes. And boxing, I don't think should be one. And I'm sorry, that's my stance. I never saw an exciting fight that I that I want to say, wow, I want to see that again. And now, I saw now, few fights that I now you like. see, now you see that I'll disagree with. I have uh, generally what it used yeah. to be. The female boxing, uh, you know, matchups were always the best fight on the cards. Uh, even, even uh, you know, small club show cards. They, they were always exciting. What I used to enjoy about women's boxing was that they were willing to fight each other. If there was a fight that, that could have been made, uh, it was made, and, and they fought. Um, unfortunately for them, they fought at less pay rate than men. Um, they got less recognition than men, all those things. But from an entertainment, uh, you know, uh, viewpoint, and from the, you know, fact that they would fight anybody, uh, point, women's boxing far exceeded men's. But it changed, and it changed quickly. It changed over the last two years, and now I see a lot of fighters, female fighters, ducking and avoiding fights and fighting for championships with, uh, you know, sub-500 uh, uh, opponents. I understand that the pickings are slim and you have no choice. Now, with that said, Clarissa Shields and Tori Nelson on paper is a competitive fight. It's going to be interesting to see um, how Clarissa Shields does against Tori Nelson. She's been put in with uh, much lower uh, competition uh, to this point. Uh, but uh, but then again, you know, we, we could look at Tori Nelson and say, well, how good is Tori Nelson? She never had to fight uh, anybody. Uh, 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 she fought people that she had to fight, and she fought people that were considered good. But uh, when you look at them now, the skill sets were nowhere near Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields, for all intent and purposes, when you see her throw punches, 
and avoid punches, her delivery of punches, is just like watching a man fight. I mean, she punches just like a, a, a man. I've seen other women fighters that don't do that. They they don't deliver punches nice and straight and, and crisp like Clarissa Shields does. Um, they don't use a jab uh, the way Clarissa does. You know, so Clarissa's a good fighter. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from her. It's just, it's just female boxing in general. I've kind of lost interest. Maybe this fight uh, tomorrow night will, 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 you know, spark the division. Like someone just wrote in the chat room, it's now or never for women's boxing. Maybe that's a true statement, Sal. True. I, I think so. And whatever they need to do to get it back uh, in the light that you first uh, found favorable, I think uh, – they got to take the steps right now, otherwise it will dissipate, and it will be something we'll talk about one day as being a a, a good sport. Used to be. Um, well, I mean, you know, uh, uh, for women, I I don't know. I never followed it, Bill. Just never got into it. Um, I got another uh, email here. This is from my man Mitch. He goes, uh, the subject here. I always got to read the subject for him. Uh, it says uh, Deontay Tyson, and he goes, uh, "Hey Billy, speaking of Stavern, do you find it at all strange that Deontay Ali? I mean, uh, he writes. I mean, <laughs> Deontay funny. Wilder. Now this is coming back <laughs> because funny. of the I know. most ludicrous statement I ever from heard WBC, from Mauricio Suleiman." Uh, saying that Deontay Wilder's performance, his jab was as good as Larry Holmes. He was oh, as fleet of foot as Muhammad Ali, and he had the aggression of Mike Tyson all in one, and therefore they gave him the fight of the year. Uh, his demolishing of uh, that fat pig, Bermaine Stavern. I was going to say, Bermaine, and Bermaine Stavern did an impression of a heavy bag. He didn't even train. I, I know he didn't even train. Remember, hey, I'll tell everybody, and I think I told everybody when it happened, but his PR team reached out to me and said, we want to have Bermain Stavern on your show. I said, great. I, you know, they said he's training in Vegas. I said, great. You know, I said, we'll interview him. He's got to come on at 9 o'clock. He's got to get up at 6. I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not up at 6 in the morning. I'm like, he's not up at 6 in the morning. I, I've never heard a fighter, especially a fighter in training, that's not up running. Uh, at least early in the morning, or at least starting to work. They say, no, no, he, he, he's only available from, you know, he, he does his workout uh, in early evening. You know, they're talking 4 or 5 o'clock, and he doesn't get up till 2. And I'm saying to myself, what's he doing? I mean, this guy's not training, you know, and uh, needless to say, we never had him come on. And then we all saw why. He wasn't training. You know, he, he was staying up that night doing whatever. He certainly wasn't running at 6 in the morning. He looked like he hadn't run anywhere except to the buffet line. But uh, oh, uh, anyway, he says, uh, and speaking of Stavern, did you find it at all strange that Deontay Ali, I mean, Wilder fought Stavern the way he did the second time? He says, in the first fight, Wilder was as cautious as I've ever seen a heavyweight. He used the jab about 20 times as much as he did in any other fight of his career. Uh, which I've said many times. The only time we got to see Deontay Wilder uh, even display that he knows um, how to work a jab and, and move on his toes was in the first Stavern fight. He's never done that since. It's been seek and destroy, knock my opponent out ever since then. You know, and that's the truth. But anyway, he said uh, he threw the occasional hard right, but it did nothing to Stavern. He walked through everything, and that's true. Um, Wilder 
remained careful through the entire fight, and it was the first time somebody went to distance. He was afraid of what Bermain had in return, so he fought cautiously. And 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 I remember, you know, all of us um, gave uh, uh, Deontay Wilder credit for being so disciplined, um, you know, in that fight. And uh, Mark Breland, who's his trainer, um, you know, at times, I, I, you know, I'm wondering if Deontay just does what he wants to do. Uh, or whether they let him do what he wants to do because they know the opponent doesn't have a chance. But they weren't sure about Stavern. Remember, this was his shot at the title, the first fight. Um, he says, uh, then they fight again in the second fight, and Wilder goes on the attack as if he knew Stavern was there to lay down. Have you ever seen someone win so cautiously, then fight the same guy and go into destroyer mode? Um, you know... I Although it did look, thanks for the email, Mitch. Although it did look like uh, Bermain Stavern was looking for a soft place to go to sleep from the time he, uh, you know, stepped into that ring until he was knocked out. Um, I believe that Deontay Wilder fought that fight differently because in the first fight he realized that Stavern wasn't going to. Uh, uh, you know, didn't have it, uh, that he gave him too much respect. And uh, the second fight, it, it was going to be a lot different. I know they spun it like he had all this aggression built up inside and he, you know, wanted to destroy him and do all of this. I mean, it was a WWE uh, event, you know, especially with Ortiz in the audience and that whole thing. I mean, it was just, it, it was comical. You know, and then Ortiz, when he won, uh, Wilder in the audience, I mean, it was, it was, you know, it, it, that was even more WWE, but... Um, I just think that, yeah, maybe, maybe he knew he was going to win. I don't know, but, uh, he clearly knew that Stavern wasn't, didn't have a chance to win. What do you think, Sal? I think you're right. And I think he probably got early tip off saying that, Hey, guess what? This guy's not even in a gin. He's training with a six pack and, uh, not on his stomach, but in his hand. And, uh, I, I before he stinks out the show, you got to get rid of him as quickly as possible. And I think he did that, and uh, I think he uh, followed his uh, lead and and uh, saw the opportunity, and he just went to uh, make things happen and dispose of them quickly. That's 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 my thought. Yeah. Well. well. Before he could before he could look uh, look any worse than he did, because Stavern didn't look like anything more than a standing punching bag. Yeah. Well, I think that's what he was—a punching bag with uh, with arms and legs. He didn't do nothing. He didn't do anything to keep Wilder off, right? No, no. And I think Wilder knew he wasn't going to get much opposition. And I think that he knew he wasn't going to give him too much of a chance to get out of the first round. He wanted to show what it was. It was a fanfare kind of thing. And I think he um, did destroy him in that one round. And I'm glad he did. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I don't think Stavern deserved the shot no, at that I fight. No, I think he did. I don't and, think. And it wasn't going to be anything replicating the first fight. Well, the first fight really was, you know, I, I think what the first fight first fight showed us, we we all gave Stavern way more credit than he deserved. Absolutely, we, we all we all thought Stavern was a, and, and and I say we because clearly I was one of them, um, thought that just Stavern was a, a lot better than he was, and then after that fight, you know, when you really dissected his his resume, we realized that Stavern was a fraud his whole career. You know, and, and you know, Wilder, that's why from that fight to today, 
I've wanted to see Deontay Wilder fight a real fight, a real heavyweight, right. a real heavyweight. Right. And he hasn't done any yet. When you say that Stavern is the best heavyweight he ever fought, that's a sad statement, Sal. You know, I, I mean, I give him credit for beating uh, Chris Ariola and, and Artur Spitzka more than I give him credit for beating uh, uh, Stavern. I mean, yes, um, you know, uh, Chris Ariola was shot when he fought him. Uh, and Spitzka just, you know, maybe was just never that good. But those are the two best fighters, accomplishment-wise, uh, of their own careers that Wilder has fought. You know, the Malik Scott fight was a fix. It was a, uh, totally a, a joke. Johan Duapaz, you know, he couldn't knock that guy out and give him credit. I mean, he had a chin of granite. And and because he did so well, he, he, he got himself a couple of paydays after that. You know, uh, Eric Molina uh, should have never went as long as he did, um, you know, given, uh, uh, given Deontay some trouble. And I'll tell you the fight that I really would like to—I would have liked to have seen him fight uh, Pavetkin, and I would have seen him uh, like to have seen him fight Luis Ortiz. But I would have liked to have seen those guys fight. Uh, not now, you know. He's going to fight Ortiz. Is forty? You know, they—they they say he's forty. Uh, he's probably forty-five. You know, all the Cuban fighters lie about their age. Uh, but you know, I, I really would have liked to have seen him fought Dominic Brazil. I, that's the oh, guy. Yeah. That, that could be a good fight. I, and, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I like that fight. You know, I, I think that Deontay clearly has faster hands, uh, you know, is more fleet of foot. I, I mean, in general, he's, he's got way more boxing skill than Dominic Brazil. However, Brazil has got a granite chin. He's displayed yes. that against, against AJ. I mean, you know, he's got a heart of a lion. And yeah, he if he tires you out, he's not fast. He doesn't have a great defense. But if you're tired and you let him catch you, he's got some pop. That's a fight that interested me. Deontay Wilder against Dominic Brazil. Now, all of a sudden, they, you know, because you, you got to remember, Dominic Brazil fought for the right to fight Deontay Wilder. That was, in, in his last fight, that was an elimination fight. Right. And technically, Deontay Wilder should be fighting him. But instead, he's fighting Luis Ortiz, which, you know, on paper is a better fight. Uh, so, you know, credit to the WBC for letting him fight that fight. Uh, but uh, but I, I don't know. I like Dominic Brazil against Deontay Wilder. I like the fight. I, I'm not saying that Brazil would win, but I think it would be an entertaining. And it would not be an easy fight for Wilder. What do you think? I think it would be a good fight. I think uh, I think it's going to be a uh, something that we could, could look for in the future, uh, depending on who uh, Deontay Wilder is going to face after this. We all hope it would be Anthony Joshua by summertime or something or by the end of the year, but I don't know with the way things are going. Like I said, the difference between yesteryear and today are when fighters wanted to fight each other, they, they didn't have too many obstacles to, to get through before they were in the ring together. This, uh, this this element or environment today, they rather sing and dance and move around and, and let everybody else uh, talk about the fight uh, not happening until it's um, marinated. And uh, it's, it's a different world today. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a great fight. I think Dominic Brazil will offer some good opposition. He's a hard puncher. He's, he has a granite chin, as you said. Uh, and I think Deontay Wilder... I think he will hurt him. I think he will uh, not go the distance with that, but because uh, I, I think Deontay Wilder punching the way he does will uh, catch him and, and 
probably stop him before the end of the fight. You think that uh, Wilder would stop uh, Brazil? Yeah, I think so. I think he will before the end of the fight. I think he will. You know, I think he will. But I think it, I think Brazil's an easy target to hit, especially uh, especially well, the way the De, uh, Deontay Wilder flails punches. And uh, I think I think he'll catch uh, I think he'll catch Brazil. And Brazil, when I say stop, I think the referee will stop it, other than Brazil going down and and being counted out. Well, Brazil gets up. You know, the, the the thing about a flailing puncher, like you mentioned. He's open. The, he's the, open. Open. And, but, and a good fighter. But, a sharp, but, crisp boxer. Right. And De and Dominic Brazil. He's not that. That's why I'm making my assessment. Not, but, but Anthony Joshua is. Is, yes. And that's why Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder will make a tremendous fight. I think it'll be great. And that's why Anthony Joshua could could put an answer uh, to Deontay Wilder and knock him out, uh, catch him. And I also think that Deontay Wilder offers that element of danger to Anthony Joshua, too. Because, the see, Joshua, what you have with Joshua, and I love it because I love him. He's great. He is a, a great trainer's star pupil. He does everything fundamentally sound and right. Elbows are in, hands are up, jab extends, comes back, right, boom, he, he, he's sound, he's solid. But the variable or the intangible is when you fight a fighter that could move laterally, could, that has some speed, that is dangerous, punches from all angles, you don't know what's going to come, then he's got to, you know, be prepared, that's all. So it's going to be an element of surprise that Deontay Wilder brings to the ring with Anthony Joshua. And I think that, as you suggested, when Anthony Joshua's Gonna look at Deontay Wilder and Deontay Wilder throwing a punch from the ankles. As <laughs> Joshua could easily step in with a right lead or something else, uh, it's gonna be lights out for for uh, for Deontay Wilder. But if Deontay Wilder is punching and flailing, and uh, and uh, and uh, Anthony Joshua's not ready and gets hit with a shot, I think he's gonna be surprised. So it's gonna be a good fight. I think it's gonna live up to the reputation or to the to what we expect, and may the best man win that night. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, the, the, I, know. The, I, I always know. ask, I, I, you know, here's here's why, uh, here we are, we're back on Deontay Wilder against we're AJ. we're back on this fight. But, but here's why I, I feel that AJ will beat Wilder. I, I look at, I, I basically look at Deontay Wilder and I look at Vladimir Klitschko. And I ask myself one question. Does Deontay Wilder punch harder than Vladimir Klitschko? That's my question. Because, you know, um, AJ has been caught from, from other fighters, not as good as, as Klitschko or Deontay Wilder. And he has been stunned. He's been buzzed. Um, but he's never been as hurt as he was against Klitschko. Now, Klitschko is a cautious fighter. And when he comes in, and he, w he was certainly not cautious in that fight, but when he no. came in and was being aggressive to uh to aj um you know he, he was landing punches more uh robotically because he fights robotically i mean but but they were coming out like you say technically sound they're coming right from the right place they're they're, they're going towards their target um and uh and he was able to catch um aj and 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 put him in some serious trouble uh deontay wilder flails and he comes charging, leaves himself wide open. Now, up to this point, 
he's been very successful at knocking guys out. His record speaks volumes about that. You know, 39 wins, 38 by knockout. Um, you know, they all end up uh, going to sleep. So he clearly has punching power. But the level of opposition that he's fought is extremely questionable. And the fact that he does not deliver his punches technically sound, he's probably even more powerful than he's displayed right now if he would sit down on his punches and, and throw them correctly. So at the end of the day, my answer to my own question is no. I don't think Deontay Wilder can throw punches any harder than Vladimir Klitschko. So with that said, if AJ survived Klitschko, and traditionally AJ has improved after every fight, I feel he learned something uh, even though he didn't look that great in his last fight, I feel he learned something valuable against Klitschko, and it's going to be lights out for Deontay when and if these guys fight. You got a good point there, and that's why this fight is going to draw so much attention. And believe me, I'm an Anthony Joshua fan. I love Anthony Joshua. I think he, like I said, fundamentally he's a sound fighter. Just like fundamentally Klitschko he he he's traditional. He's he's got the delivery of a punch. It is what it is. He's heavy-handed, lights out. But you're expecting that style. He's a boxer. He I mean he's a puncher, and he you expect the, the straight punches coming or or a hook coming where it's supposed to be and everything else. Deontay Wilder, even though uh, he's heavy-handed, he's got that whipping factor. It's coming over here. He's wide open. It's coming over here next, and that's the danger that I see he can possess in going in a, a traditional good stand-up boxer, puncher, like uh, Anthony Joshua or Vladimir Klitschko. And Deontay Wilder has the speed factor. I think he, he with that flailing style, he, he's not uh, he's just already in momentum. The, the, the things are coming from the ankles here, from the waist here, this and that is flailing here. Unless you time and step in with that right or left or hook and catch him, I think, you know, you could be caught off guard or with a surprise punch. That's all. That's why it's going to make a great fight. I'm not saying Deontay Wilder is going to win. I just think he's got a puncher's chance and a better opportunity to, to go against these, these not stoic boxers, but these classic boxers that, that do things right, fundamentally sound. And if they do them sound, then then he sh they shouldn't have too much opportunity. Uh, 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 disappointment on what they're going to give the fans. But Deontay Wilder is dangerous from all angles. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I, listen, I, I am not, even though I keep saying that uh, AJ is going to win when and if they fight, I am not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination no. that, you know, Deontay doesn't have a chance. You know, um, he's got a puncher's chance. That's it. You know, yes, and uh, we'll see what happens. You know, and, and, and I the hope two. We, hey, I hope we see what happens. Well, the 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 next two fights, uh, well, the next fight each that they have, uh, are really going to put things in perspective because, yes. you know, you got uh, Anthony Joshua fighting another world title holder in Joseph Parker, who we all underestimate. We did the same thing to Billy Joe Saunders, and look what happened. Um, and you got uh, even though he's 105 years old, you got. Uh, Luis Ortiz fighting Deontay Wilder. Still the best opponent that Deontay's ever faced. So, you know, uh, both uh, of these guys, Wilder and uh, AJ, are going to have an opportunity to show us uh, where they are. And, uh, you know, we'll have more uh, more things to talk about. But uh, I, I can't wait for the fight. It, they can't make oh, it soon it's, enough. It's got to be It's got to be a war. And, and I think, you know, I, I could see Anthony Joshua 
as he did in the Vladimir Klitschko fight, how he prevailed, I could still see him, you know, getting stunned, getting hurt, but coming back. And because uh, he did it before, I think he's got that ability to come out and do it. So I think, you know, once the uh, same thing will happen if, if, if Anthony Joshua catches uh, Deontay Wilder with a hard shot, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to see, can can Deontay get, get up and get back into the fight after he gets caught? Because I don't think he's had a punch with the uh, with the heavy-handed uh, opposition landing on him uh, uh, thus far in his uh, young career or in his career yet by a big, big puncher. Right, right. But, uh, so that's going to be an element, element of surprise that we're going to have to look for too. And I think, I think after a, over a course of twelve rounds, you're going to have to assume that Anthony Joshua is going to have to land at least one of his heavy punches on on, uh, on cleanly on Deontay Wilder, and we'll see how Deontay Wilder responds and how he can. I think if Deontay Wilder catches a uh, receives a punch from Anthony Joshua. He's going to be in a territory he's never found himself, and we're going to see what kind of fighter he is at that time. As soon as uh, AJ lands a solid punch on the chin of uh, Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder is just going to look at the. It camera. might be lights out. It might be. Uh, it might be like he, a Tommy Hearns. He's, Who knows? He's going to. I always say that. I always say that. You know, Deontay Wilder reminds me of a bigger version of a Tommy Hearns. When AJ lands a solid punch on Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder is just. His glassy eyes are going to look at the camera, and he's going to go, ah, I wish my brother George was here, and he's going to fall down. He's going to fall down on a canvas, and people are going to go, oh, he was exposed. <laughs> Drag him up. Put him in the stretcher. Take him out. You know, but, hey, you uh, know, that might very well happen, Bill. Yeah, well, I'm going to bet on it. But uh, anyway, hey, guys, don't forget <laughs> that uh, we want you to come on down to our uh, event uh, at the Sea Palms uh, Resort uh, in uh, in St. Simons, on St. Simons Island in, in Georgia. Uh, Sal and I are going to be, uh, well, I'm going to be there before that. We won't be doing any live shows, but January 19th uh, is when it's all going to take place. We're going to show four um, classic fights, uh, rebroadcast them. Uh, we're going to have some uh, guests there that you're going to love to mingle with. We're going to have some food put out for you. Uh, we'll have a cash bar. It's 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 all uh, uh, on us t- to you. So come on down. Uh, book yourself a room at the Sea Palms. Go to their website, seapalms.com, and uh, give them a call. Tell them you want to be involved with the Billy C event. Uh, demand a Billy C discount for your room. And ask them about some package deals because if you're going to bring the family down, you want to get a couple of rounds of golf in, uh, you want to uh, uh, dine uh, at their uh, restaurants, don't forget to save room for Sal's, but uh, uh, you want to dine. Uh, I know they have some breakfast packages included, so give them a call. See what they could do for you. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. You won't regret it, and uh, you will love our event. A programming note, we will not be doing a live show all next week, uh, and actually we'll be returning on Wednesday, uh, January 24th. Uh, so uh, I... Uh, uh, apologize for that, but we got events. We're doing events, you know, uh, so uh, uh, it is what it is. You, you want to get the fix? Come on down and uh, join uh, Sal and myself next week. So uh, anyway, I'll be down uh, sooner than that. So if you want to come earlier in the week, you can hang out with uh, Sal and myself at Sal's Restaurant. And uh, he's going to be uh, uh, fattening me up. I don't know. I hope you're not, I hope you're not fattening me up to bring, me, 
bring me behind a tool shed and put a bullet in my head or something, Sal. I mean, come on, man. That's what they now, do to why turkeys. Why in the world would I ever? I don't know where that came from. Forget about it. That's what no, they do to up. turkeys. They fatten them up, and then uh, next thing you know, they're on the table, you know? They, that, that's, that's true. That's true. And they're looking for their brother, George. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> on this day, January 11th, in boxing history, in 1980, Bazooka Lyman knocks oh, out Defonso Bethany. Uh, in the 15th round, the win the vacant WBC World Junior Lightweight title took place in uh, Los Angeles, California. On this day in 1997, Khalid, Khalid uh, Relahulu uh, knocks out uh, Frankie Randall in the 11th round uh, to win the WBA Junior Welterweight title, and that took place in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. Uh, on this day in 1907, uh, the late, great Sam Lankford 